Well, welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey, and this is lucky number seven, Memorial Day weekend. And I'd like to take a moment, of course, to thank all the men and women who sacrificed their life for our freedom. And you thought it was just another Monday off. Well, before I bring out this week's uh, guest, I want to get right into what's been uh, burning my bush. This week, that honor goes to the airline industry. Yes, the Greyhound bus in the sky, the Petri dish, and other than the cruise line, probably the easiest way to catch any cold flu coronavirus. I know traveling over the years, there was always something. But just as I said last couple of weeks that companies and good times don't really save any money for a rainy day, well, the airline industries are often the worst. Always record profits, always this, always that, and yet they always need the government to bail them out when things are bad, right? So uh, you would think right now with restaurants slowly opening at about 50% capacity and also practicing good social distancing that the airlines would maybe think to do the same, but no, no. And why should they, right? Uh, the reason uh, for my starting here, so two weeks ago, a friend of mine flew from Phoenix to Chicago and told me that despite the airports being somewhat empty, the flight was packed, no masks on anyone. They said they weren't going to sell the middle seat, and they did. And of course, when the flight ended, what happens? Everybody stands up in the aisle, as they always do, just like normal, the mad rush to go nowhere fast. And then the airline had the nerve to get on the loudspeaker, and I swear, they said, Please remember to social distance at the airport. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, before I blow a gasket, it's time for the voice of reason. My good friend, who is from New York, has been through all of this, uh, I'm sure. Mr. Mike Haggerty. And hello, sir. How are you doing? Well, hello to you, Lenny. It is wonderful to speak to you and to be a part of this program. Well, and it's good, and, and we're we're seeing each other for the first time on uh, on on the FaceTime, right? Is that what it is the FaceTime? We don't we don't yeah. do Zoom. We because I've already said that Zoom is a pain in the neck, but we're doing FaceTime. <laughs> I haven't zoomed, and actually, it just occurred to me that this is the first time that we're seeing each other probably in about twenty years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Although we we might have saw each other um, before oh, we left. Yeah, yeah no, it might have been. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, one time you did come up uh you and your family yeah. and uh we we met up in uh that hotel room where you were staying that was oh gosh i want to say maybe five ten years ago yeah so i mean just to give a little background mike and i worked together uh in new york city and, and you know, for a lovely company to do traffic reports and uh, that's where we met and we we had uh, a lot of good stories in those rooms of doing traffic uh for the years and that's why i figured i'd bring you on you understand me Probably as good as anyone, even though it's been a long time since we... But we get together on on texting and all that kind of good stuff. But I yes. would like... So I've been saying this for a long time about the airline industry. I would like for once that they would actually be honest with you, right? I really would like to them, the airlines, to actually say, get on the loudspeaker when they first introduce. And they'd like to say, we'd like to welcome our one-pass passengers, our medallion elite Sky Miles members and all these other people, and the rest of you can go screw yourself, right? Because that's kind of the way, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that's really the, the way it should be because they have those societies, right, Mike? They've got societies where they've got first class, they've got all this other stuff. They, you know, in, in, in first class, they'll cut your meat for you. And in coach, you know, if you ask nicely, you might get a cookie. And now you remember in, in kindergarten, we, we used to get a cookie, right? Wasn't that and some yeah, juice yeah. and a nap? Yes. Yeah, you didn't have to pay a fortune to get a cookie at that point. But, you know, and now I don't know how often you travel, but I do a lot of traveling. And luckily, uh, recently, it's only been by car. But, um, you know, when you get on a flight, it's always a big pain in the neck. And one of the funny things is when they they call it like breezeway boarding or 
they put out a little carpet for you, Mike, a carpet where they say, you know, they'd like, you know, if you got to you have a million miles, of course, to get that or, or, you know, just a quicker way to board the plane. I've never understood that. Do you think it's better to board the plane early or later? What is there a difference? They're not going without you. I mean, you know, I guess maybe the, the entitled part of me or the snob of me would like to get on the plane first because usually <laughs> uh, I'm in the back with the rest of the cattle. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to get on there first, less crowded. You can put your bags up and, and you know, because when you're going in last, you got people behind you and trying to put your bags in the overhead bin. And they're giving you dirty looks and all that. So, yeah, I guess it would be nice to be on there first. But, you know, like like a lot of things in life, I find myself these days, I'm just dealing with it. Yeah, well, that's exactly what we're all trying to do. But I was wondering, maybe, you know, because they have that little carpet there, what if we brought our own carpet, you know, and, and try to do that, right? People, you have to bring your own lunch now. I mean, that's pretty much the way it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, since 9-11, a lot changed in the, in the airline industry, and, and I'm sure more is now going to change as well. And I, you know, I, I know people that are flight attendants and I understand, you know, this is, this is their job, but I always wondered why would you want to be a flight attendant? And sometimes in some cases they call them flight services coordinators. Now it's not even a, it used to be a stewardess, right? You can't say that anymore. Yeah. Um, I guess waitress in the sky was taken, right? I mean, that's pretty <laughs> much because I mean, think about it. You work, you, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it kinda, you know, you get some tr- good, good benefits, right? You get to travel everywhere, but you're, you're yeah. really dealing with just, I mean, there's lousy pay, no tips. Uh, you know, you could make more money at the Hooters and you don't have to worry about shoulder rolling at 450 miles an hour. <laughs> you can keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars like the legendary Casey Kasem, right? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I just, uh, I, I the airline just amazed me. I always wondered, the, the other fact is, if you ever look to get a flight, and, and I always wondered why a flight or a, a why an airline doesn't use the baseball stadium approach, right? First five rows, this is the price. First six rows, six to 10, this is the price. Whether you order it the first day of the year or a day before, you go to a baseball game and your baseball game is the same ticket price regardless, right? I mean, it's laid out, it's done. They know how much money they need to make on each flight, you would think, right? Well, I mean, isn't it kind of already that way? I mean, there's first class, there's business class, there's... uh, Well, there's a lot of classes, but I'm just saying, if you order a ticket, uh, let's say in February, you might save a little bit of money. If you order a ticket the day before, you're going to pay a different price. It's never the same price. That's my point. So, Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, now I understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm 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 no fan of, of the airline industry like you, and and uh, I feel like there's a lot that I I feel like a lot of people in a lot of different industries right now are not telling us anything. I think that everyone's just kind of trying to figure it out, and they don't know what what's going to happen or how this is going to work. Uh, I would imagine that you know airlines. I, I agree with what you said earlier. You know, maybe just underselling the flights. Yeah. And 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 not just you know so you can keep things going, but also I, I a lot of people you know with this are probably afraid of you know a litigious situation. You know, like let's say you you book a, a crowded flight and then someone or multiple people get sick from Corona, let's say, and then you might be facing litigation, which we're seeing that already. So I would think. I would think it's in the airline's best industry to maybe undersell, keep the planes less crowded so you can do social distancing, and at least you'll keep the planes moving. At least you'll, you know, yeah. isn't something better than nothing, right? I, I would think so. I don't understand it. I mean, I, I've been one of those people, and again, I, I, I don't want uh, anyone to get sick. I, I, I totally get it. But they were saying that we were trying to flatten the curve, which I guess in some ways we have. Uh, unfortunately, New York has been a disaster. 
uh, and some other places. I mean, you're talking about 40% of the overall deaths have been in New York. And this is not a topic I really want to get into. But at the same token, I have said, if you want to go outside, go. If you don't want to go outside, stay home, right? Wear a mask. Do whatever you need to do. If you go outside, make sure you protect other people because we know the mask is not for you. It's for the other person, right? To keep it to a minimum. But I think we've had these governors in some states where they're just basically saying, well, you can do this. You can go to Home Depot, but you can't go to a restaurant, right? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I think you're, you're killing the the economy and the social, you know, aspect of it, you know, you can, you can go to Costco and wait online and yeah, but you can't go to a, a restaurant, right? I mean, some of them are 33% or whatever the number is. You know, we are in, for the most part, uncharted territory here because we haven't been through anything like this in over a hundred years. And there's very few people that are around for that, that are around for this. Um, so everyone's just kind of figuring it out. And, 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 you know, the usual playbook for, you know, the crisis is that we've had to deal with uh, is that, you know, like, OK, 9-11 happened and, you know, there was a playbook for that. All right. Someone hurt us. So we're going to use the military and we're going to strike back at them. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to install, you know, we're going to instill some uh, safety precautions at the airport, take off your shoes and whatnot. So there was a playbook for that. There was something there was something tangible after the fact that, OK, this happened. We're going to do this. This one. It's not so simple because, you know, a virus, especially this one, is so insidious that, you know, you could say, all right, well, maybe if you go to, you know, Costco or whatever, you know, wear a mask, you should be okay. But the truth is really no, no. one knows for sure. No. No one knows. No and clue. It's, and you can't, you can't negotiate with a virus. You can't. The virus doesn't care about your age, race, gender, mm-hmm. class, your family, your kids' school. doesn't. No. So the, we're, we're in uncharted territory here. So, uh, you know... I, I, I like to think that some of our leaders are, are trying to do the best they can, but I, I kind of feel like also too, that there's things they're not saying, like as far as the lockdown and I understand people want to get out, but me personally, you know, as an essential employee, I would prefer to just be locked down. Yeah. I'd like to just, well, you always, you always like that anyway, Mike, you, you, yeah, I'm you a like to be, yeah, you like to be away from it. And the fact that you have to social distance from your wife, that's, you know, you know, another story for another day, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had a tough month, uh, for actors, uh, and, uh, comedians. Uh, first we lost, uh, the legendary Jerry Stiller, uh, last week and then Fred Willard. And now Eddie Haskell is gone. Ken Osmond. Yeah, I heard about uh, that. Yeah, Leave It to Beaver. Of course, you know, what's interesting about the Leave It to Beaver show, uh, it sounds like kind of like a new Netflix show, right? Leave It to Beaver, but it's probably going to be a different take on it this way, right? <laughs> <laughs> this day and age, uh, that show would, would have a different meaning, I would think, right? <laughs> uh, where are you going with this one? I don't know. I just figured we'd throw it out there, but Leave It to Beaver. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's sad. Jerry Stiller was a legend. Um, even Fred Willard, I mean, if you think about it, all the roles that he was at, but uh, I guess Best in Show is one of his best performances. Uh, a great yeah. character actor. You know, I'm actually, I'm also thinking about him too, because I'm actually thinking about one non-comedic role that kind of sticks out in my mind, and I'm dating myself here a little bit, but of he course. was in well, the... Of course, well, you're old, so let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. But uh, he was in the TV, what I consider the scariest TV movie of all time, Salem's Lot, Stephen King's uh, Salem's Lot. He was in that. I believe he was in that. And that was not a comedic role, and he was very good in it from what I recall. Really? Wow, that's interesting. I I liked him a lot in Everybody Loves Raymond as the father, too. I thought he was terrific, where Robert asked him for his daughter's hand, and and he basically said, no. It's funny. (laughs) I actually just saw that episode like two days ago. It's funny you say that. Yeah, that's interesting. But, you know... 
it's uh, these good actors. We're losing a lot of people to to whatever. This has been a, a terrible time. But one thing that uh, I wanted to get back to, kind of burning my bushes, a couple of things that I wanted to get to. Uh, first, I wanted to ask you: to, uh, You're not you're a kind of a pseudo sports fan, but did you watch the Last Dance with uh, Michael Jordan? Um, you know, I've been meaning to, but uh, work has kept me occupied, and uh, uh, a lot of people have told me about it. And at the time, actually, you just called me a pseudo sports fan, and that is correct. But in the '90s, I was a Jordan fan, yeah. and I did watch a lot of Jordan. I remember that last run from watching it firsthand at the time, and and uh, you know, in my mind, he's the Babe Ruth of basketball. And and uh, without you know, the hot I, dogs, I, just the cigars, right? With, without <laughs> the hot dogs, yeah, just just the cigars, but. Uh, you know, as I know people, you know, will talk about, you know, LeBron or, you know, may you rest in peace, Kobe. But, you know, for me, uh, Jordan, you know, Jordan is the, the greatest of all time in, in my mind. And that entire team was incredible. Rodman, Pippen, I mean, just all of them. But one thing that I, I just wanted to get into for a second, this is kind of not really sports related, but it, it is in a way. But I really hate the fact that we always have to compare generations of players, right? So Jordan was tremendous in the 90s. LeBron is tremendous in the 2000s, and everybody's always got to say, well, this one is better. Well, you know, my, my argument to that is can't we just enjoy the time we have with LeBron and just say, you know what, he's a great player. We, does he, do we care? Everything's got to be measured. Well, he has six rings, and this one's got three rings, and who really cares? Did you enjoy him playing? That's the way I look at it, right? Did you enjoy the time? I mean, Jordan was one of those I liked him at North Carolina – and then when he beat the Knicks every year, I couldn't stand him. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, as a as a somewhat of a Knicks fan, I, I was frust I was frustrated by Jordan, but at the same time, I respected. Like some sometimes when someone's so good, even when they're your rival, you have to respect them. And you know, and that's how I felt about him at the time. I was like, well, I wanted the, the Knicks to win, but you know what? You you just had to you know respect the athleticism. As to your your question or your your point about you know comparisons, like you know I always take that as just that's kind of the fun part of sports. You know you you argue or debate with your friends. You know maybe in a bar or whatever. You know you pick. You well, know, we can go to a bar, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> when when we when we go, go to back, a bar, yeah. Hey. You know you, Jordan or LeBron or or uh, you know Seaver or, or oh, you're going Robinson. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom you know, Seaver. Yeah. I got to throw the Mets in there, of course. You know, I can't, I can't let you know not mention the Mets. Although I maintain that no one hates the Mets more than Mets fans. Does, so. does it bother you that Tom Seaver threw a no hitter when he was with the Reds and not the Mets? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Dwight Gooden. Yeah, right? I know with the uh, Yankees, so. right? There, David Cohn, perfect game with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny yeah, how it's... that that works out, but uh, you yeah. know, uh, so I want to get into a couple more things uh, as we go through here, and 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 so. I like to do, I like to entertain when we could, right? So this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, is usually the official start of summer for me. Um, we usually have a, a bunch of people over. I call it Hebrew Palooza. It's all my <laughs> my brethren from, it's all my um, people from uh, the, the Ohio side that we, we go to Temple with. And, and what's, what's interesting with that is you have... Uh, a party where I have Hebrew national hot dogs. I do Hebrew beer. I do all the things. And what I always like to say is when the Wait. when my my people leave Ohio to come to Kentucky, it's the official start of summer. So now this party's been canceled today, obviously, or tomorrow. Well, let, let me just ask you a question here. I've heard of Hebrew national, but what's Hebrew beer? Uh, there is a beer. It is called made. Uh, if anybody wants to look it up, it is uh, made by the Schmaltz Schmaltz. I kid you not. Brewing company. It's based in near Albany, New York. And uh, they have a beer called Hebrew beer, 
and it is actually called the Chosen Beer. It was an idea that I had about about five six years ago, and I told right. Susan, I said, I'd like to come up with a Hebrew beer where the you know it's a Chosen Beer. I look online, and there's one already. So I missed out well, on that. Okay, I, I'm by no means an expert on Judaism, but I, I kind of have an understanding of what kosher is as far as meat and, and preparation. But what makes a beer kosher? Because there's no meat or cheese involved. So how does no? That work? I don't think there's anything to do with kosher. I think they get the rabbi's a, a, approval. But be honest with you, I don't think it has anything to do with. So being it's, kosher. it's just sort of it's a just a name. It's a it's just a name they came up with. The Schmaltz Brewing Company probably, um, and they and they did the Hebrew beer. But uh, we're missing yeah, out on a big party. Basically, is what it comes is, down is to. That, let me one more question. Is schmaltz is that like yeah. a Yiddish slang word? Yeah, it's it's schmaltz is is, is Yiddish. Uh, and, and you would think after all the years of, of knowing me that you would understand some of the Yiddish. Uh, but <laughs> you uh, and Mel Brooks, yes, <laughs> yes exactly. But uh, yeah, so the Schmaltz Brewing Company would give them a little bit of a plug. You can go online and 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 look for them. But uh, no party this weekend, so we're a little disappointed. But hopefully we can get back uh, to doing some of the things uh, that we used to do because it uh, it does. Uh, it does help, right? So one other thing I wanted to, while I was talking about the party, one of the, the reason I'm getting to this is I would do an event page and I would invite a bunch of people. And one of the things that burns my bush to no end is when you get a response that it is not just yes and no anymore. You get maybe. What the heck is that? It's like, what are you doing? Waiting for a better offer? I feel like just saying, <laughs> sorry, you're eliminated. There's no maybes. You can you either you look at your calendar and you say, you know what? I can make that. Or I can't make it. You don't just say maybe. Like, what is this? You're gonna wait uh to the last minute and say, Well, Len, you know what? I think I'm gonna go to your party. Well, how about I say no, you're not coming now. Right? That's the way <laughs> I make, think it should be. Make it like a wedding save the date kind of thing, you know, you give people enough notice. Yeah, I usually that. do. I mean, I don't, I don't care if you're a celebrity. I mean, you should be able to make plans, you know, at least a few months ahead of time, I would think. I would think so. But what do you think the maybe really is? They don't really want to go, but they don't want to tell you no. So my thing is, is again, go back to being honest. If you don't want to go, just say no. Who cares? I don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep. I'm having the party without you. I don't really care. Well, speaking as, as someone who m my wife and I are a couple of notorious wallflowers, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we do the I admittedly we will do the maybe thing sometimes because, like you said, you don't want to necessarily out and out disappoint. But you're also maybe I think you should disappoint. I really do. You need to disappoint, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is unfair to the host, but, you know, I, I spend some of that time just trying to, you know, cure us, you know, work ourselves through our anxiety about social gatherings. Yeah, well, for me, and they, that's but you're right. That's not fair to the host. It is not fair, and I just don't like the maybe. So I think we need to stop all of the maybes. And uh, if you don't really want to go, or you don't like the person, just say no. It's okay. We can say no, and that's that. That's fine. Like I said, I'm going to have the party without you. I have a Super Bowl party every year, and the same thing happens. The same people will say maybe. So I've told them, you know what? Just say no. But you know, the other side of that though is then you sometimes you might get well. Why not? You know, and then you got to then you're almost forced into, you know, either tell them I have anxiety or or you tell them a lie. And and people don't necessarily like to talk about anxiety. You know, no. it is a real thing. I've, no, yeah. Being anxious in social gatherings and, and things like that. I do understand. I have a bit of it myself. My wife has a bit of it. So I get it. I just think they're being lazy, too. I think everything is um, the fact that you've got, you know, situations where, um, you know, when you have a, a, there's so much that we can do now. 
with social media and social distancing and all this stuff, the, we have everything at our fingertips, every moment of everything. And I think we can get, we actually get lazier and lazier. Like the birthday wishes, it's just, I, I had an episode where I talked about acronyms and abbreviations, and now it's just become HBD. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's <laughs> how lazy have we been? We went from the hallmark uh, sending a card to actually just going HBD. We've given up. I mean, it's like the George Costanza wearing sweatpants or in velvet. You're pretty much given up on life, right? I mean, that's kind of the way I always look at it. I think well, I think we're lazy, and I think that the part of the invites now, you have that opportunity to say maybe. I think we need to get rid of it. So that's just my take on it. Well, I, I think you kind of you're, you're bringing up a broader point here, and that you know, over the last few decades. Things have been getting easier. And, you know, for instance, you know, say, you know, way back in the day, let's say you needed to find a business. Let's say you needed an exterminator. So what would you do? You'd go to the phone book. You'd go to the yellow pages. You'd flip through. You'd try to find someone local to you. Now it's just it's a Google search. Or let's say years ago, you're like, you know what? I want to pick up a, a gift for mom on Mother's Day. Right. Now you just go to Google or whatever. You know, the Google. You got to go to the Google. <laughs> Or, yeah, or Amazon, and, you know, you just, you know, click and point, and, you know, and then it's right there. Whereas it used to be, all right, well, we're going to get dressed, going to get in the car, we're going to head to the mall, and, and uh, you know, and the mall had its charm, you know, as well. People did enjoy going to the mall once upon a time, but, I mean, overall, I mean, now, it's, it, it, it's everything's gotten so much easier, you know, in life, and I guess that's good and that's bad. Well, and getting back to your point about getting easier when you said you could look up things and you could do things, we used to have to open up the yellow pages, right? You talked about that. Well, now we've gotten so lazy that people will now go on Facebook and they will post, I'm looking for recommendations for a house cleaner or for this or for that. They want me to research it now. What am I, their assistant now? I mean, that's that's my point. I don't want to do that. I mean, you need, I don't understand. You can't Google it. How hard is it to sit there and type in a search? They, everybody wants everybody else's opinion. Well, who's the best thing? We have our a neighborhood page, which drives me to drink, um, but that it doesn't take much these days. But <laughs> it's just like everybody's looking for everybody's opinion on which to do this or this to do that. It's like nobody ever just does it, right? They always have to have, you know, the consumer reports guide to uh, whatever. I just think you sometimes you just have to do it. You know, too, and that can blow up in your face because if uh, someone asks you for a recommendation, you go, oh, Joe Blow's really good at this. And then they use him and they hate him. And then all of a sudden they go, well, why'd you recommend him? And then, you know, it gets into a whole other situation, too. So that's uh, that's why, you know, recommendations are, can be a tricky thing to navigate sometimes. So, Again, you know, but there are. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The voice of reason, Mike Haggerty. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. You know, and but there are sites of that, too. I mean, I, I do make use. And, and I think overall people have become, you know, smarter consumers. And, you know, and, and if I may just, you know, make another point, because I've been thinking about this, too, just, you know, looking at the glasses half full kind of thing about this whole pandemic thing. And I think one of the things that's maybe, you know, been a, a blessing is the fact that we have things like like FaceTime or, or, you know, Zoom or social media. So let's say you live alone and you're, you know, you're, you're just quarantined at home. You can still have access to friends and family and it's better than just being alone. And, you know, we talk about mental illness and me mental wellness and, you know, and, and this, uh, this is, I believe this is mental health month, things like that, you know, can really, you know, be a benefit. So, you know, to your broader point about technology and making us lazy, you know, there is, there is, there's the good and the bad. And, and I think that's the good. Oh, of course. And without technology, we wouldn't be doing this uh, show. So I, I think that there's, uh, there's, there's definitely good and bad. And I always like to kid on this because let's face it, I know it's a serious 
thing, but but it's almost like you look at the news every day and it's just like, I need something to get me through it, right? So hopefully listening to this uh, nonsense for, you know, this is episode number seven of Lens Burning Bush, believe it or not, Mike. So you are part of I'm the a lucky. Fan. You're, well, I appreciate that. It's uh, There's a lot of things irritating me. As you know, I always have had many things that uh, irritate me. So I figured this is a great uh, outlet for me. It's actually something to look forward to. Um, you can uh, subscribe on either iTunes or you can go to the Podbean app. You can listen. I don't know why people would, but they seem to be liking it. It's it's kind of a nice thing. Well, you're on my phone with my podcast library along with NPR and, and a bunch of other wow. things that I won't repeat publicly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always said that you were a big fan. I was a big fan of yours, and apparently uh, you're crazy enough to be a big fan of mine. But, hey, we're in eight, <laughs> just so you know, 18 states and the District of Columbia are listening to Lens Burning Bush at any given moment. So, hey, we're getting close. You know, we need a little bit more. We need a little bit more push. Having you on, I think, is going to put us over the edge, put us over the, 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 the numbers. That we need. Well, I I play well in in uh, lots of states, and uh, like David Hasselhoff, I'm a big star in Germany. So, <laughs> well, awesome. I love it. One last thing, Michael Haggerty. I yes. wanted to ask you what your opinion was of the bike lanes. So the bike lanes are supposed to be for bikes, right? Right. But I noticed that people are riding their bikes into traffic, and they don't use the bike lane. So I want to know. It's a pet peeve of a lot of people's. It's like, please get out of the traffic lanes. What are your thoughts of that, Michael? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's like anything else. It's like the HOV lane. You know, any anything will be corrupted to any degree. Or you know, yeah, I've seen it. You know, I've driven around New York City and, and the bike lanes. We have the bus lanes, and and it's, you know, to be completely honest, I've been guilty myself of driving my car in the bus lane, and I've been guilty of driving in the high occupancy vehicle lane by myself. Oh, look, I love so, that you did that. You did the acronym, and you, you made it. You did the glossary. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate well, that. Well, <laughs> you can take the boy out of traffic, but you can't take the traffic out of the boy. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Soon you'll be talking um, about the Kosciuszko Bridge, but that's a, okay. <laughs> Kosciuszko Kosciuszko. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's like anything else. It, it gets corrupted and, you know, it's, you know, anything put into the hands of humans will ultimately get corrupted or, or screwed up. So, yeah, the bicyclists, uh, they will go on those lanes and, and but, you know, they may end up it's just like the people who go outside, you know, without precautions in the pandemic. You take your chances and you may pay a price for it. And, you, you know, you just hope they don't. But uh, yeah, I mean, but I get it. Yeah, it is annoying. And and uh, I haven't done the bicycle lane thing, but because uh, I don't get exercise. No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why should you, right? Exactly. Why you're, should I? You're a, you've been you're fighting weight for a long time. <laughs> it's all good. If, if fighting weight is considered obese, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we're, we're all putting on a little extra weight. I've been walking. Yeah. I feel I feel a little bit better, but not not much better. So that's uh, <laughs> that's the kind of thing. But Michael, it's been a pleasure. Uh, always, uh, it's great to catch up with you, and we have to do it on these uh, FaceTime or. Uh, the podcast to get uh, what's, you know, and maybe someday you'll figure out what's burning your bush uh, a little bit more. <laughs> you got to get a little more angry, Michael. That's it's a good, like I am. It's, it's just the way things are, but you can like us now, uh, like us on the Facebook page. Um, we have a lens burning bush, Facebook page, listen on iTunes and Podbean as um, I mentioned. So uh, thanks again for everybody. hope everybody has a great Memorial day weekend, Michael, to your family and to you. Um, Stay safe, brother, because uh, the world is a lot better place with you in it. So stay safe. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you too, is Landon. Best to you and your family. And uh, I am uh, doing everything I can short of wearing a spacesuit when I go outside. Uh, so. Absolutely. We all need to get the <laughs> spacesuit and do that. That might be the next uh, level of uh, when they ask for not only the mask, but you need a little bit more than that. But hopefully uh, <laughs> everybody enjoys the, uh, the weekend. And again, remember to uh, thank your servicemen. Of course, they fought the ultimate uh, sacrifice for you. And uh, thanks to everyone. And we'll be back again next week with episode number eight. I can't believe it. It's been that long. But uh, everybody stay safe and have a great weekend. And we'll uh, we'll talk again next week.